Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. What's going on, everybody? Rachel Vigil and Eric Danner coming at you. Eric, I cannot believe it's June 1st. That's We've been crazy. looking forward to this day for a long time, Rachel, because there are so many events going on this spring, and it's finally June. The baseball tournament's over, but it's going to be a short summer, I think, in terms of uh, not much downtime, I think, because we have a lot coming up in the near future with new schools, new sports, a lot to look forward to in the Western Athletic Conference. Hi, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, baseball's over with, which just blows my mind. We made it there, but you're right. Football coming in July 1st, that's a whole nother beast that we have to look forward to. But then also adding these new schools means a lot is going to change for championships in the future. A lot's going to look different, uh, starting with baseball and softball and could have different numbers of teams, uh, different formats and the way the tournaments are, are set up. But the good news is, Rachel, four quality schools joining the WAC. And don't forget Southern Utah joining the, the year after that. And it's going to be a really good conference. Already is a good conference. It's going to be really good here uh, next year. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right, let's talk about this baseball tournament, though, Eric. I still can't believe it's over, but huge congratulations to Grand Canyon on winning their first tournament title. What a uh, run they had, and we're going to talk to Andy Stankowitz in our second segment. So many young players, so many people coming through in the clutch. Even I was looking back at some of the highlights from the championship game, Rachel, and they had so many key plays. If they go one way or the other, uh, UTRGV would, would add a good shot at winning the game and potentially, you know, coming back on the if necessary game. But GCU gets through, and I, I'm sure they are very excited to finally have that baseball championship because they've won a couple of regular season titles already. And to do it in Mesa, not too far away, about 45 minutes away from the GCU campus, had a good crowd out there and were able to celebrate with some of their fans and family. And it was a really uh, fun event to, to be at. And it was fun to kind of feel normal again, wasn't it? It was. You know, there wasn't the huge mask mandate. You could wear it if you wanted to. Otherwise, it was your decision. A lot of places are opening up like that. But it did. It felt like the first real normal sporting event that I had been to, at least, where it just felt normal. And it was so nice. It was nice to walk outside and not have to wear a mask. And I, it was just... Yeah, it, like it just was. It was one of those things where you don't expect it to feel so special almost, but because of the times we've lived in, it really did just feel normal and it was. And uh, it was great to see a crowd out there too. That UTRGV or Grand Canyon game, it got loud. There was, UTRGV brought in a good amount of fans too. So it was definitely one of the best championship games that I've been a part of just based on one, the game, because it came down to the very end and to the crowd and the atmosphere and everyone's just so excited to be there. In the emotion from both teams, uh, UTRGV had not won a game in the WAC tournament, was, which was the most surprising stat, I think, going into the tournament, because you think UTRGV's had a pretty good baseball program, especially the last few years, but they had just, you know, the 2020, we didn't have a tournament. 2019, they were two and out. This year, they get to the championship, and wow, I mean, you look back at the tournament again, UTRGV, that very first game, Rachel, the walk-off homer by Jacob Hirsch, uh, what an exciting way to advance in Utah Valley that they're, they're out in two and they, and they get, uh, I think both games, there was a, a walk-off. So, I mean, they were right there with everybody too. And then Seattle U was 
they knocked off uh, New Mexico State 10 to nothing. I mean, we would have saw that coming. So a lot of surprises, uh, a lot of fun plays. We, we were uh, going through that this morning, Rachel, looking for whack top play. And I think there was 11 plays that legitimately could have been whack top play this week. Such there's so many good players in the conference and so many of them are young. I mean, Grand Canyon, how many freshmen contributing, uh, you know, Jacob Wilson, the third baseman and uh, Barry's the, the first baseman, both uh, freshmen that many pitchers. I mean, they're going to be good, uh, I, I think, for years to come. But then here comes the, the, the four new schools that are going to add uh, even more competition to what's already a very good conference. True. And you mentioned the run rule. What are the odds that there was multiple run rule games in one championship tournament? I was not expecting that one bit. Multiple run rules and multiple walk-offs too. I mean, so, so we had both ends of the spectrum, but uh, a, a shout out to everybody at uh, Visit Mesa and uh, what a good job they always do every year. It's so much fun to play at Ho-Ho Camp Stadium, the home of the Oakland A's and spring training. It's a professional facility. Uh, for me, Rachel, I'm in the booth, so I'm in the air conditioning. Uh, you're out in the sun for, for part of it anyway. And it was about 100, 100, 102. I mean, maybe to me, might feel different to you. It didn't feel as hot this year as it's no. been some other years. But what a what a way to cap off a, a, a great spring for, for the WAC. And I mean, it's really amazing when you think back to this time last year and what we weren't sure was going to happen. And it's just so much fun to be a part of now. It really is. And yeah, hats off to Grand Canyon. Um, they're actually going to be staying in Arizona for the NCAA regional as well. So not having to go very far. I know when we were talking to some of the coaches, they like that idea of traveling because of the experience, but it's nice to stay close to home. You can get a good crowd out there as well. It's a pretty uh, good gauntlet that they're going to have to go through. Arizona ranked number six in the country, the Pac-12 champion. So they're going to be playing in their house. Oklahoma State, a traditional power out of uh, the Big 12. They're also going to be in that regional as is Santa Barbara. So Grand Canyon definitely has their work cut out for them. But when you get to this point of the season, Rachel, there's not going to be any easy games. No, but best of luck to the Lopes. We'll be cheering them on here in a few short weeks. And you mentioned Arizona there, Eric, being a powerhouse that they are. Well, Dixie State, they got a win against the Wildcats. (laughs) Yeah, Coach Stankiewicz might have to call uh, Dixie State to see what uh, their formula was there. They played a three-game series. Dixie State was not eligible to play in the WAC tournament because it was their first year transitioning from Division II. They get a win on Friday night, 11-9. to And the other two games, I mean, they, they were very respectable, losing 4-2 to and 5-4. to So some people might say, well, you know, maybe Arizona was resting their guys or what have you. Not for three games, that's for sure. And uh, so hats off to Dixie State for knocking off the number six-ranked team in the country, a very big win for the Trailblazers. Yes, indeed. And then Grand Canyon having even more news, but this time in the outdoor track and field, the two people are headed to nationals for the Lopes. Both men's and women's track and field. And I actually field, if we're going to be technical about it, uh, sure. where they have uh, Ethan Harris. He's the number two seeded high jumper in the country. He's a former national champion. He, uh, he will be in Eugene, Oregon next week for the NCAA track and field championships he might as well stay there because he's that's also going to be where they have the U.S. Olympic trials and he's also qualified for that interesting story if you have a chance to read it on gculopes.com by Paul Coro, who of course we've referenced uh, many times and had him on the show a few times as well about Ethan Harris and his road to this point he's a former division two national champion initially he went to GCU Rachel to be a basketball player and 
the uh, coaches then uh, obviously he's a high jumper and he's a high flyer uh, dunker type of guy but maybe didn't have some of the other skills they were looking for and uh, wound up uh, not playing on the team and then uh, transferred to Colorado Mesa and Grand Junction did the same thing tried to walk on the basketball team and and they were kind of like yeah you, you know uh, we're, we're good so uh, winds up impressing some people in, in a uh, pickup basketball game with his high flying ability and somebody hey why don't you go out for the track team and winds up uh, he's, he's high jumping seven foot five I, I know they do it in meters uh, for mm -hmm. the NCAA, I, I still don't understand that in my head, but you say seven foot and you think how high seven foot is and that somebody can clear that without touching it. That's pretty amazing. And then seven foot five, that's even better. So Ethan Harris uh, will be representing GCU at the uh, men's NCAA championships. And they also had a, a women's uh, qualifier as well, Rachel. Mm -hmm. Madeline Lundberg. Yeah, she's going in the pole vault. So huge congratulations to her. I actually saw her when I was down in Edinburgh um, and she did a fantastic job. It was so much fun to watch. You know, the crowd gets pumped up and there were people outside of the gates and they were all kind of watching her too because she was one of the last ones to go. So it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, she jumped a 4.27 meter jump, which is just insane to think about I can't even imagine I give huge props to anybody who can do any field events because <laughs> I could never uh so huge congratulations to them we're definitely going to be wishing them all the best as they move forward um in Eugene Oregon yes and then you mentioned Dixie State too not too long ago with them beating Arizona in baseball well in basketball they've got a brainiac on their basketball team they certainly do Rachel Dixie State senior Ford Hunter Schofield named to the Cosida men's basketball academic All-America second team as announced by the College Sports Information Directors of America. He is the third Trailblazer player in program history to earn academic All-America honors. He's six foot eight out of Spanish Fork, Utah, carried a 3.9 grade average in exercise science after posting a 4.0 perfect GPA this past spring. He was DSU's leading rebounder and was also ninth in the WAC and second leading scorer. And I think Hunter might have been uh, a participant in our WAC basketball uh, media day, if I remember correctly here, Rachel. He was. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, he was. Uh, I wish I could remember back to any, like, fun questions we asked him, but he definitely <laughs> was there. That seems like forever ago, Eric. It, it was. <laughs> well, we also have a new coach here in the WAC. Mike Smith is the new California Baptist softball coach. Mike Smith returning to California Baptist. He was head coach of the University of Mississippi for five years between 2015 and 2019. He is uh, returning to CBU where he uh, once upon a time was the coach. He's a San Diego native, so he gets to uh, return home. And uh, while he was head coach of the Lancers, they won the 2009 NAI National Championship. So uh, CBU, as, as they tend to do with everything, I'm sure, uh, He'll, he'll get them uh, going in the right direction here and get them competing for a WAC championship. We will love to see it. All right, we talked about the new schools joining on July 1st. But Eric, it's been a really long time since we've seen a WAC logo on a football field. It has. It's been uh, 2012, I believe, was the last time the WAC sponsored the sport of football. Lamar was putting in their new turf. And it, uh, if you check it out on, on their website there or on their Twitter feed, uh, they have the WAC logo now on the field. So it's uh, not too far away. July 1st, that's when these schools officially become members of the WAC. Of course, Lamar, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, and Abilene Christian being the four schools in Southern Utah joining the year after that. But it'll be fun to see WAC football 
back and uh, that's going to keep us busy this summer too Rachel I know the WAC is back with football we love to hear it's crazy to just even think about that but it's going to be so much fun so stay on the lookout for all of that content everybody and then we'll start talking about men's golf real quick in these new schools Sam Houston State finished tied for ninth in nationals in Scottsdale which is right down the street from where we were this past (laughs) yeah we we should have gone and uh, checked them out Uh, of course we're busy with the baseball tournament but Congratulations to Sam Houston State finishing ninth in the country. So men's golf, I, I was trying to figure out how exactly they do this. So the teams that qualified from the regionals then went to, to uh, Scottsdale for the tournament. And then the top 15 from that group after three rounds play a fourth round. And then they combine the scores of the four rounds in the top eight, then go on to match play. And Sam Houston State finished ninth just out of it um so so very close but i mean you're talking against arizona state oklahoma state north carolina sam houston state right up there with those schools and uh we'll be very excited to see the bearcats uh, men's golf team in the whack next year yeah they've been proving in all of their sports to be a powerhouse it'll be a nice addition here in the whack already that's going to do it for eric and nice part but when we come back from the break we're going to be talking to gcu head coach andy Pankowitz. hercules tires is the official tire of the western athletic conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain hercules tires invites you to ride on our strength for a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. And welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel Behill joined by Andy Stankowitz, the head coach for GCU Baseball. Coach, have you finally been able to wrap your head around this past week? Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind for sure, Rachel. It's uh, happened fast and kind of furious. And then they had the, the uh, selection show yesterday. And I think that's when it kind of hits you. You know, you see the guys in one spot kind of celebrate and all that. And so... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's coming fast, and um, uh, but it's uh, certainly been a been been a, a great weekend for for GCU baseball. Coach, uh, I was just talking to Rachel in our last segment, and watched some of that uh, championship game over again, and so many key plays uh, had to happen. Obviously, you had the if necessary game the next day, but uh, some key performances, timely hitting. Uh, and I, I got to think that Chani Ortiz play in the fourth inning, that's right up there w- with some of the best plays we've seen. And, and uh, what a team effort. I mean, that had to make you feel really good, too, that it wasn't just a couple of guys. It was a real team effort to win that championship this week. Yeah, it was. And, and, and game one against New Mexico State as well um, was similar in that fashion. It wasn't it was a good ball game where we kind of had to kick and claw our way back into it and, and get a one, get a one, get a one. Um, and then you're right. Um, the play that Johnny made and it happened in the fourth. And it's just, it seems like it was so long ago that it's very easy to forget that if that play is not made. You know, we're down, we're down six to one. And, and that's, that's, that's a whole different ball game at that point. Right. And so, um, and then he made another great play where he came and had to come get a running play, kind of a chopper um, where he came in on the run and made a bang, bang play at first place on a good runner as well. And so, um, yeah, it's it's just you're right. The game is sometimes plays out that way, and, and to where it's just you kind of piece it together, and, and a bunch of small little great plays or a great at bat in the middle um, turns into being obviously the reason you won, right? And so um, and it was kind of cool to see that everybody was pretty involved in that. I mean, Elijah Burries, you know, up up until that last at bat was not very good. He had a, he was having a very good day or an evening, 
um, but to put those previous at bats behind him and and then hit a, a line drive to basically left center and, and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this into a double. I mean, most guys are gonna stop at first base and just be excited that they finally put the ball and play hard. And this guy refused to take one with two. And then, and then obviously Dustin Crenshaw with a huge pinch hit, base hit, you know, and and then Tyler Wilson, again, young freshman that hadn't looked particularly great, you know, his previous three at bats and two strikes. You know, just kind of takes the ground ball up the middle to, to push ahead. So a lot in the pitching performances, all of it, as you guys know, it's just, uh, yeah, that, that was a cool thing about it. I think everybody felt like um, there's a lot, of, a lot of key roles by different guys. Coach, it felt like the momentum in the beginning of the game was really with UTRGB, and then it seemed like it just switched all of a sudden. When did you feel like it had switched, or did you even feel like that at all? No, no, Rachel, I agree. Uh, I thought early on they had the momentum, they, and they, 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 they took it. And, and I feel like we were kind of out of sorts a little bit. I don't, you know, we, I think we were kind of let the moment of, of that game kind of affect our play a little bit, and then just in the dugout. And, and the cool thing is, you know, we, we've got some nice older guys in our dugout. You know, um, I could hear them saying to the guys, like, hey, everybody, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, relax, relax. Um, these are older guys that, that, the younger guys are playing in front of them and they don't care. They don't, there's no ego. They just want to play well and have success. And I saw Braden Merritt and I saw Dane, my son, and I saw kind of going around like, Hey guys, we're good. We're good. Everybody relax. We're better than this. Let's just start playing GCU baseball. Let's start to get the first base. Let's play good defense and we're going to be fine. And yeah, I could tell that I think the younger guys are like, you know, okay, this is, let's get back to kind of our way. Cause I think you're right. The, the, the momentum was on their side big time. And I think that the job that, that, that Markle did, right, that Connor Markle coming in and kind of we needed that. I mean, we, we didn't know whether he was going to go one batter or or an inning. I mean, we just were like, okay, when he came out in the, in the, in the bullpen, we're like to face the lefty. Um, um, I forget his name with a long last name. Um, but it was like it was like he's going to face this guy maybe for one. And then it may be we're going to go right up to the bullpen right away. But then he settled in. And then for him to do what he did, it was like, Oof, wow, this is big, right? So the job he did was, was fantastic. And so um, – but I do feel like as the game moved, moved forward, we, I felt like we were starting to regain, regain, the, regain the, the, the momentum of the game. Coach, uh, you had so many freshmen who, who came through big for you too. And the story of Elijah Berry, so what, what, a, what a story that is as, as a freshman – and uh, Paul Coro did a, a nice write-up on him a, a few weeks ago and uh, some of the uh, struggles he had to go through. And for him to come through as a freshman, be first-team all-whack, as you mentioned, had a big hit in the championship game. How, how do you find these guys, Coach? Well, um, my, my, my recruiting coordinator, Greg Wallace, um, he finds him, um, and to his credit. I don't know. It was a kid from, from Orange Lutheran High School in Southern California. Um, you know, um, good-looking athlete, you know, I think kind of just overlooked a little bit in, in, in how that happened in Orange County. There's so many great players there, but, you know, he's not, Elijah doesn't, doesn't pass the eye test day one, game one. He, he, he won't, the more you watch him, the more you watch him over a weekend, you watch him over, over, over seven games, the more you really start to appreciate what he can bring to a team. And I think that's what we, we kind of, as a staff kind of saw that and believed it. And, um, the coach at uh, Eric Borba at, at Orange Lutheran said, "Hey man, this kid is 
is kind of under the radar. This is, a, this is a really good baseball player. And, um, and we, we brought him over here and, and didn't really know what to expect, but we knew he was going to be a, a grinder. We knew he was going to work hard. Um, and he's uh, basically, since day one of, of the fall, we're like, hey, this guy's got a chance to be pretty good. I mean, he's, he's fast, he's strong, puts the ball in play. And we, I mean, as a program, we like putting the ball in play. We, we, I don't, I'm not a big fan of guys that just go up there and, and swing hard and miss a lot. And so we saw that he had the ability to shorten up his swing. We saw, I saw that when I, when I asked him to choke up, he wasn't going to be one of these guys that say, coach, I don't choke up. I just, I just try to get home runs. He was, I got it. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do coach. So, um, you know, he's been, uh, and like you said, to, to go through the struggles he's gone through, um, you know, his mom being ill and, dealing with all that, his freshman year in college, being away, and the burden that that could put on a, on a young man. Um, so, hey, man, this, this kid's off the charts, man, as far as just his character. Coach, I actually have a two-part question. So, Eric, I'm going to follow one up real quick. But right. I want to talk about the pitching. You talked about Markle. Was there any thought with how hot he was doing for him to maybe finish out the game, or did you know for sure that you were going to bring someone in after him? Um, no, we just felt like um, – you know, we just kind of, we kind of do it in runs. You know what I mean? We felt like he was so good, but we felt like at that point, and I like to, and, and Coach Wendy does, we're on the same page. We, we like to try to let a guy get his work in. And then if, if he can have a clean inning and, and get out and feel good about himself, um, you know, we, we like that. We like that. So that will, that will lead to, to better days moving forward. And so we just felt like a lot of times with a lot of our relievers, if we see a situation where, man, it was a big inning, it was a big out and he got out of it, it's like unless we have nothing left else in the bullpen, it's like hey, let's 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 let them let's let them end on that. And so, I think that in that respect, with with Connor, we just felt like hey, he'd done so well and given us what we needed, right? And obviously, you feel pretty good about about um, you know Frankie Scalzo coming in and finishing out the game, you know. So. And then with Pearson all on Friday night against Sac State, was there any point that you thought about taking him out of the game? Um, yeah, we did. We did. Um, but we knew that once we got past a certain point with, with Pearson, you know, like he's, he's done now for the tournament. Right. And so, um, and I'm not sure he would have let me take him out anyways. I don't think, um, he's, 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 he's a self-proclaimed king of the complete game. You know, uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's a seven complete game or to him, it doesn't matter. And so, um, and it shouldn't, I mean, he's been fantastic, but uh, we felt like, Hey, he's moving fine. He's doing great. Um, you know, his pitch count was was in the low, it was like 100. And so we're like, okay, he's, he's in a good spot. I mean, if it would have gotten up more than that, we would have probably said, okay, we need to probably take you out. But, you know, when you're in the, in the 10 run rule deal, it's like, hey, if we can get out of this thing using no more relievers, you know, it could very well be really beneficial as we move further to the tournament. And so that there was part of that as well. It's like, hey, let's, let's, Pearson, you know, don't, please, if you're going to end this thing, end it quick, don't, don't, prolong this thing because then we probably have to take you out um but uh, but we were on we we're on the fence a little bit to be honest with you Rachel yeah yeah coach uh, Pearson all of course it was our whack pitcher of the year MVP of the tournament you didn't start him in game one uh what was some of the strategy uh thinking there because a lot of times you know you pitch your ace uh, game one and then maybe you can get him back on, on Saturday or Sunday but uh, you pitch him in game two what was the strategy behind that well, um, Pearson's been a guy that two things. Pearson's been a guy that typically, once he he when he pitches, he goes the all, a long time, as you guys can see. He's always done that. So, so that to have him come back um, on a Sunday after starting 
right on a Thursday, um, probably wasn't really foreseeable. We just don't think that was going to be the best. Um, now, some guys that can do that and have been able to do that, um, but we just didn't think it was the best lineup well for him. And the other thing was, we felt like um, game two, right, was going to be pivotal, right? So if we could, now this is the risk, obviously, if if you if we get game one, we feel like with Pearson going game two, we feel like we're in a, we're we're going to be in a pretty good spot, you know, to get to that championship game. Now, obviously, um, there's always that risk that you don't win game one, and now you're you're kind of backfired on you. But that was part of it. Two things: we didn't think we could use Pearson again later in the week, even if he started on 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 Thursday. Now, if, if we weren't in the winners, if we weren't the one or two seed, and you were going to start on a Wednesday, maybe. Um, and he did that a couple of years prior. Um, but starting on Thursday, we just felt like just let's, let's hopefully get, get game one. And then we got Pearson game two. And we think that'll set us up for, for a good weekend. Coach, who surprised you the most? I mean, you knew Pearson was going to go out there to perform. Is there anybody that maybe isn't typically on people's radar that you walked away with and you thought they had an amazing performance? Well, Connor Markle was one of those guys because he's been kind of a roller coaster ride. He's been kind of, he started here against ASU. And he did great. Um, and then we went down to U of A and he started against U of A. He didn't, didn't fare as well. Um, and so, but he's been really good in conference. And so we feel like, okay, um, well, what you're going to get out of him, well, we don't really know. Um, we like his arm. We think he's got a great future. Um, but uh, what he did in that game was, was huge, like you said. Um, kind of slowed down their rhythm, slowed down their momentum and kind of got it shifted back towards us. Um, but he's been, he's been, been fantastic. I mean, so I got a huge part of it, I think. And then, um, you know, one of the guys that's kind of been unsung for us a little bit is, is Johnny Weaver. I know he bats ninth, but he really kind of adds depth to our lineup back in the back end because he can run, he can add some things. And so I think, you know, for us to have success this weekend, we're going to have to have some, 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 some wins through our lineup. It, it can't be, just the guys at the top. We're gonna to have to stretch this lineup out a little bit, and we know that. And so I think Johnny Weaver is really had a nice job coming on late later in the year. Um, didn't start being the season, but didn't complain. Just came to work every day and worked hard. And now what he's been able to give us, you know, late in the year is is pretty pretty valuable. Coach, then you get the uh, the word you're going to the NCAA regionals. Uh, you draw Arizona in a region with Oklahoma State and Santa Barbara as well. Arizona, obviously a team you know pretty well, and uh, we just saw them play Dixie State in a three-game series this past weekend. So uh, going into this upcoming week, what are you looking for? Well, we know they can hit. You know that. they got uh, one of the top offenses in the country. Um, to, in order to, to do well versus them, we, we have to – they're going to score runs. Um, um, and we got it. They just – they're really good offensively. But But – the key, I think, for us will be able to give up a one, give up a two. If you start giving up more than that to them, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself probably in a deeper hole than you want to be in. And so, uh, and so I think that'll be key is, is ability to 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 kind of weather some storms, I guess, so to speak. You know, early in the game, right? We're big pitch, a big play. You know, we get out of the inning and and they scored one versus getting away from you and they scored four or five. And that's when we went down to their place. Um, that's what happened. The game got away from us. And next thing you know, you were chasing, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten runs and it's, it's hard to get back. And so you can't give them freebies. You have to, you have to make them work. You can't, 
they're, they're, they're really good offensively. So, um, so we feel like, hey, that's, that's kind of been what we've been able to do all year long is, is throw strikes right down the zone, pitch to contact, hopefully weak contact. Um, and obviously, Oklahoma State's a team that that's big and strong and very, very physical. And so you, you better get and, – and we know that High Corbett is a offensive ballpark. So you better get the ball down. Um, um, last time we were there, when we played them, the wind was blowing out, and, and it's, it was a tough place to play. And so I'm not sure what we're going to have this weekend, but – but it's a big ballpark and a ball ball jumps. So we're going to have to throw the ball down in the zone. We're going to play great defense. Um, and then and then Santa Barbara's, it's uh, I mean, look at them. They they've got they got speed, they got athleticism. I've watched them a little bit already. Um, they're fast and strong, and their offense is good. So and they can really pitch. I mean, they got two guys that looked up at the front. Their their numbers are fantastic. And so so it's it's I think it's I think it's a good regional. I think it's it's got some every everybody. I, I really feel like, you know, us included. I think that that anybody can win this regional. Coach, how do you not let the moment get too big for your team? Well, I think I think Rachel what's helped us is um, we've played we've played Oklahoma State already at their place, right? We've played we've played Oregon State here for four. We opened up with Missouri here for four. Um, I think that that. The guys have we, we try to put them in environments where the moments are already big and so they get comfortable in those moments, right? And I think and I think playing Cal Baptist at the end of the year with something on the line and they're good. We all know how good they are. They're well coached, they got great players. Um, that was helpful because there was there was the last two weekends, they weren't just kind of just let's get the weekend over with. They were there was something online, obviously the WAC conference tournament, that's huge. But before that playing Playing Cal Baptist was 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 big, um, um, and going actually going to Tarleton the weekend before and in Tarleton that place is really offensive and and they they keep coming at you we 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 won four but it was like it was draining um, it was emotional right and so so I think that that the way it's played out for us we've I just feel like we've we've already played in some really big moments Rachel where we were like we're like emotionally like drained when the game was over I mean in the four game weekends that we had to play in WAC conference, I think it's helped us. I think it helped us in the tournament. I think it's, hopefully, I think it's going to help us this weekend as well, because if we have to play four, we're like, well, we've been playing four all year long. It's, this is nothing new to us. This is what we've been doing. And the other teams, they haven't. They've been playing. You know, I, I think it back, Santa Barbara, they have been playing doubleheaders in, 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 uh, in the middle as well. But the other teams have not. So we'll see. Hopefully, it'll, it'll play to our advantage. Coach, you mentioned emotion there, and at the end of the the WAC tournament, uh, you, you get the win. Uh, Rachel and I were saying probably one of the best celebrations we've seen, uh, and, and I think a lot of that had to do with GCU and UTRGV had not won the tournament before, so there was a lot of emotion. Sometimes when teams are have been there before, that maybe they don't enjoy the moment as much. And, uh, during the interview with Rachel, you get the Gatorade dunk uh, by your son. Uh, it, it, what was that like being able to celebrate with them and then your family being there and, and also having your 300th win all at the same time? Well, um, it was really cool. And then I didn't know it was a 300th win. I had no idea. Um, so that was a kind of a, wow, kind of cool perk, I guess. Um, but, but my son, um, and uh, I might get emotional because um, he's been here for five years now. It's, it's it's he's been about GCU baseball since he got here. Um, he, he didn't come in here with any 
like, oh, man, I got to play every day. I got to get drafted. I got to do this. I, it, it's never been about that for him. It's about, Dad, I just want to be a part of the program. I want to help the team win. I want to help you. I want to I want to be a coach someday. I want to – it's just – it's always been about everybody else. And, um, and he came back for, you know, he, the COVID year hit, and he graduated. And he's like, you know, what, what should I do? And we talked about it. You know, I'm like, well, you got a year back, you know, you can start your masters, you know, and do that, but it'd be maybe cool to come on back one more year and see where it goes, you know, and, and be, maybe we get, we're, we get to a regional, man. It'd be kind of fun to, to, for you to be a part of the first team that ever got to a regional in the division one era at GCU. And so, and he, and he, he, he's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then Jack Schneider is another guy that hasn't pitched as much. Neither one of them has played as much, but they, it has never been about that for either one of those guys. It's been about, about being a part of a team and be doing something special together. So that's the part that as a, as a, as a head coach, but then certainly when you're as a dad, that that's really cool is that we got to share, like you said, when he got to dump that thing on me, that was, that was probably the highlight, the highlight of my, of my, of my, of my baseball career. Coach, you have to be honest with me. Did you know it was coming? Because I started to back up super fast. I did not know until I started using it. I started, you started, you started moved back a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's coming. It's coming. I think it's coming. Then I just, that's one you're happy to wear, man. I wear, I wear that one every day. Well, Coach, congratulations again on winning the championship. We'll be rooting for you at the regional in Tucson and uh, go Lopes. I guess we can say that now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's, uh, let's make the whack proud. That's our goal. Thanks again, Coach. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. That's Andy Stankowitz, head baseball coach at Grand Canyon, joining us on the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.